This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. I am Monique. And I am Sydney. And we are going to have an amazing... <laughs> you got stuck on going? I got stuck. Okay. We get ready to have a great time today because what are we talking about today, Daddy? Tell them. We're talking about the folks we love and why. And why. Because right now, you know, a lot of times people talk about the people they hate. Right. People talk about hate, 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 hate. Hate, hate, hate. And there's a lot of hate going on right now. And I'm going to talk about this person. People can tell you about what they don't like about them, what they said is bad, all those things. All of them. But today we want to turn around and hate. And we want to make it great. Damn right. <laughs> okay, baby. Or should I say damn right? <laughs> right, because we're trying to rhyme. We're trying to my bad. Okay. Okay. We're going to take it back. Take it back. Because we're going to make it great. Yeah. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> The folks we love, because oftentimes, do you ever get tired of hearing conversations about shit people don't like? Yes, and I And people do. who they don't like. Yes. Like, do you ever work with that girl that every time she bring her ass to work, there's a fucking problem. A problem. She don't never come with nothing good to say. She don't never have nothing nice to say about nobody. She don't like Miss Brenda. She don't like Miss Sharon. She don't like Miss Pam. You'd be like, well, who don't like Miss Pam? Miss Pam 87. Everybody like Miss Pam. Everybody like Miss Pam. That's why today. Today. We're going to talk about people we love. We got to. And why. Why? Kick it off, Daddy. Why? Why not? Oh, I did. Let's start with Miss Patty LaBelle. Can y'all feel the smile, though? Like, I mean, y'all can see the smile. Damn, I'm, I'm talking to Periscope. When you say her name, you automatically smile. You smile. Do you notice that when you say... Try saying Patty LaBelle with a straight face. Patty LaBelle. You can't. You can't. Like, you cannot. Y'all that's listening right now and watching, y'all try to say Patty LaBelle without smiling. Just try. Right. You, you can't do it. But do you know why? Tell us. Come on now. Why? Patty LaBelle. Kick it. It's truly what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. She is Patty LaBelle behind that curtain, and she's Patty LaBelle in front of that curtain. Right. She gonna say the real shit in front of the curtain, and she gonna say the real shit behind the curtain. And I can remember the first time seeing this woman. Right. Tell him. I am 17 years old, and I'm on a date. Okay. And my date at the time was I'm gonna say between 45. And 50. Which is the reason why I always thought she was too grown as a child. Okay. Okay. He know his old ass was wrong for that, but to his credit, was nothing but a gentleman. Say it. And took me to one of the greatest concerts 
of my life, mm-hmm. and that was Patti LaBelle. Well, at 17 years old, though I heard her music, I really didn't have an appreciation till I saw her perform that night. Because that was one of those performances, if you've ever seen Patti LaBelle perform, that her voice grabs you up into a place where you just float with her. And whatever she's saying, she has you in the palm of her hand because you know what's coming from the heart, right? That's right, that's right. So I'm enjoying the show. And after the show, there was a line of people. And she said, for everybody in this line, whoever want a hug, I will hug each and every person. And that line went out the theater, down. I mean, it was just ridiculous, okay. right? And I'm sitting here watching all of this. And I watched her hug the first person to the last person. And the last person she hugged was as if it was the first person. Mm -hmm. And I was so in awe of that. And I'm like, well, if I ever get the chance, if I'm ever that kind of entertainer and I can do it like that, Mm -hmm. I will always do that. If I ever get the chance to meet her, I will, you know, thank her for that. And one night, lo and behold, here comes the chance. I'm at an event called NABOB. It's National Association for Black own broadcasters. Okay. I, I think those are the, it's those words or something like that. So I'm I'm actually hosting the event, okay. right? And this is when I'm finding out how much I got to pay Mark in my second divorce, okay? This is this is right, right. around that time. Right, right. So my attorney at the time calls me and starts running these numbers down. Down. Did a ground that I got to write every month, okay? So you know me, I am, um, I'm drama, okay, I'm, I'm that. No one's there with me at this show. I'm backstage by myself, and I am going through it. Through it. Baby, I'm like, he said that, <laughs> he, he said a lot of numbers every month. That ain't the shit now. That ain't what I signed up for. I'm sorry. Damn it. If anything I can say to fix this so we can knock these numbers down. So I'm over there going through it by myself, and who comes over and taps me on the shoulder? If only you knew. Miss Patty LaBelle. And she said, child, what you going through? And I said, ma'am. She said, what's wrong with you? Okay, so the attorney <laughs> just called me. He told me what I, she said, if you don't get your ass together right now. Get it. Ma'am, get it together right now. She said, baby, listen, whatever you got to pay his ass, you pay him. Because what he can't take from you is your talent. Now, when you get out there on that stage tonight, you show them your ass. You give it to them. You let the people all the way in the back see what you got. You hear me, baby? And that woman hugged me, and she felt like mm-hmm. my mother, my aunt, my— And it was so real. Right. Like, and that moment, I know that woman never shared it with anyone mm-hmm. because that was just our moment. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, she's been that person. I don't have to see her for years. And when we see each other, it's mm-hmm. as if we saw each other— Yesterday, that's right. You know, so she's that person that, when I say why I love her, she has no idea of the impact that she's made on me. And when people say it shows, um, please tell Monique don't leave. Please tell Monique like we get tell her don't leave. And mm-hmm. Robin and them be like, listen, as long <laughs> as you here, <laughs> she here. But I learned that from Miss Patty Labelle. And. It makes you applaud for her right now that to have the career that she's having and we getting a high sign from Sister Robin. Yes. For our people from Periscope. We can only give you a taste of honey, just a taste of honey, because we want y'all to tune in to the podcast. That's what Regina and Seth said it. 
Yes, we got to go. But I'm telling you, Monday the show is going to be hot because the list, y'all won't even believe who's on this list. So make sure you tune in Monday. We love y'all, baby. Tell a friend and tell another friend. Monique and Sydney's open relationship. They be like, God dang it. I know, Daddy. But to see her career go from a place where it was history to us because it already began by the time we were cognizant yes. of who part Patty LaBelle was. But to understand who she is and to see where she is, you are excited for her at this stage of the game to have Patty's pies. Patty pies. And to have somebody who's singing the praises and creating a frenzy. And it speaks to, because you know she had her trials and tribulations. Yes. But it speaks to what happens and you cheer for people who have that stick to to stay around and reap the blessings that are theirs to reap. You know, Daddy, I've, I've been very fortunate mm-hmm. to be able to play with some of the greatest entertainers to ever do it. The greatest. And I can remember getting a call from Teddy Pendergrass. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, would I come host his 25th anniversary? And it was going to be just something small he was putting together, right? Another person we love. Uh, listen, love, right? So I said, oh, my God, Teddy, it would be an honor. Just, yes, please. I would love to do it. Now, you tell me just a little something he putting together. Mm-hmm. Well, when I get there, it's at the goddamn, okay. The goddamn okay. It's at a the goddamn, right. Okay, so I'm on the stage and I say, Teddy, you called me up and said this was going to be a small get-together with a little bit of people, and it's all of this right here. Patty LaBella's backstage, and she says, he said the same shit to me, Monique. <laughs> I said, these are the real folks right here, baby. Folks. It was so beautiful, and so it was one of those things where, I guess, too, when people ask me about awards and all that kind of stuff, it's like, y'all, I've been in the presence with, some of the greatest trophies ever, like, and the lessons I was able to get from those trophies, you know, and Patty LaBelle is one of those. Mm-hmm. Like she, and, and to see her, <coughs> to s- still see her vibrancy, mm-hmm. to still see her willingness of life, you mm-hmm. know, I did a show with her maybe two years ago. And to watch this woman on that stage, Daddy, to give that show as if that instrument was brand new. Brand new. Like she, and in that lesson, she's saying without even saying it, take care of your instrument because if you do, you'll forever have a career. That's it. You'll forever have it. And now to watch this woman with them goddamn patty pies. Patty pies. I want to eat me a patty pie so bad. We have not had us a patty pie we yet, have Daddy. Looked, and they and always sold gone. out. And don't nobody have a patty pie. Can somebody please? And I don't want Patty, patty Jenkins. Pie. We want Patty LaBelle. We don't want the knockoff Patty. That's it. Because you know somebody going to come over. I got patty pies. Patty who? Patty LaBelle. Sugar. Mm-mm. There it is. Come on now. People we love and why? Our next person, Miss Susan Taylor. Formerly of essence. Wow. But will always be the essence of essence. Yes. You know, Susan Taylor, for me, is the epitome of womanhood. When when she walks into a room, there's an air about her. Mm -hmm. Not of conceit, not of 
of humility mixed with confidence, mixed with love. Mixed with fresh flowers and potpourri. Jasmine. Right. Yes. And sprinkles of gold. She's that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She she's she's very regal and, and, and she's but also a sister girl. Right. You know without effort. So it would appear. She's every woman. Mm-hmm. She is. I can go down with you to the projects and we can have us a good time. I can go to the White House. I can wherever you need me to be. I can go. And no one ever feels as if I'm more than and you're less than. Mm-hmm. That's how she welcomes you in. Mm-hmm. And my first experience with Susan Taylor was still you become a kid. It's almost like, wow, that's her. Because I remember as a kid, you see this woman with these braids you know, these braids that always came back off her forehead. And mm-hmm. you was like, wow, she's beautiful. But never did I think I would have the opportunity to meet this woman. Right. And at the time, I remember wanting to be on the cover of Essence. I, I wanted, and the publicist I had at the time. The publicist I had at the time, she said to me. Tell him what she said. Just so you don't get your hopes up high, you're not an essence woman. So that cover is something that will never be in your reach because you're not the type of woman that essence, you know, that they will put on the cover. Now, this was around the same time we had a conversation when I was doing press. And I can't remember for what movie, but we were going to talk to the foreign press. Mm -hmm. And she pulls me up to the side and she has written down some words that I've said in the other press rooms for me not to use because they're not intelligent words. And when you go talk to the, the, the foreign press, they're really intelligent. Very. And she just wants to make sure, you know, that I don't say anything that would embarrass me or, you know. And I said to her right before I went to talk to them, if you ever write some shit down like that again, write down this is your last goddamn day. Okay? Because I'm looking at her like, are you serious? For like, real. Yeah, so right. I go in there with the foreign press. We begin to have so much fun. They're trying to tell me how to say hello, how you doing in their language from all around the world. That's how much fun we were having. So I'm hearing this woman say I'm not an essence woman. I'm hearing her say over here, really, you're literate, and we don't really trust you to say shit to these foreign people. So I just want to bust all your bubbles that I possibly can today. And I took that and said, Okay, but which made me say, you're not the publicist for me, because you just didn't believe. Right. So, no problem. So, when I did get the cover of Essence the first time, and I walked into that office, Mm -hmm. and Susan Taylor was there. Now, I'm going to tell y'all what that felt like, and I don't want to be exaggerated. I just want to tell you the feeling it was, not the look. Remember Malcolm X? I knew you was going to say that. I knew it. Daddy, you know me, it. right? I knew it. And right. when he saw, uh, what was his name? Elijah. He saw him. Bahamut. And he glowed. It, I didn't see her do that, but that was the feeling. It was almost a feeling of you walked into your sister's house. You walked into your aunt's house. And it was a feeling of you can say anything you need to say to me. And you're safe. And to walk in with the thought of this publicist saying you're not an essence woman and to be greeted by that woman in that way. Even when I talk about it now, I get chill bumps Mm -hmm. because it was one of those moments when you say to little black girls, dreams do come true. 
and this has nothing to do with an award. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in here with Susan Taylor. Right. And she's the type of woman that she would say things like this. I need you to read this book. And I would say, yes, ma'am. And the next day that book would be overnighted. Mm-hmm. And now you have that book. She was about her word and she is about her word. You know, whenever you see her out, she embraces you like, listen, it's all good. Even when you saw her at the Alvin Alley and, and she hugged Robin and it was just like, and I'm like, I'm like, I understand. Right. Because it's one of those embraces of we're possible. Mm-hmm. And that's what she made me feel like. You are possible, baby. So to do that cover and she be in the midst of that, I was just blown away. And if you see Susan Taylor right now, I could see Susan Taylor right now on 10th Street. And she would say to me, because this is just her. Listen, I got some information I want to send to you right. that I know will be a benefit to you and your family, baby. Matter of fact, how's Sydney doing? Mm-hmm. Give him a, and how are them little kings doing? They good. Give them some love for me. But I'm gonna send that to you here, and I just want you to take a look at. The next day, you're gonna have it. She's that. Just and she always smells like I'm love. Right. You know. So Susan Taylor, the one we love. Why do you love her, Robin? Goodness. Um. I think. Just um, seeing her image, my mother was, um, in Essence Magazine, reader and subscriber. And when I was young, all I could do was look at the pictures. But her picture was the first one we saw. When you turn the page and you see the editor and you see her words. And um, when I saw her, I don't know. It It was almost like this bright light came on. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Susan Taylor. And you were taking pictures. And um, she hugged me first. And someone wanted to take pictures with you. And she said, oh, let's get Cousin Robin. Robin, come on and get in this Mm -hmm. picture. And it was just, it was so warm. That's something that I will never, ever forget in all my life. Like, I don't think that I'll ever forget that just because she was so warm and what com- what came off that page was right there in person. Mm. It was it was just it was just warm. Yes. You know, yes. it was just warm. So when you say that light shone, it it really did. And she stood out in a room full of people. It was a room full of people. It was really really busy. And there were a lot of other people there, but she stood out in all her quiet dignity. She just stood out to me. Now imagine touching, imagine every woman she touches feels that way. And that's what she gave to us with that magazine. And I think you limit her when you say every woman, because in my experiences with her as a man, it's one thing to be treated a certain way when someone knows that this is Monique's fiance, which I was at the time. But prior to her knowing that, and I was just a gentleman who happened to be sitting at the table who she struck up conversation with and was very polite with. And then afterwards and says, oh, I had a daughter. I didn't know. (laughs) She said, but I'm very happy for you and Monique um, that you are her fiance. And it's, again, one thing to be greeted warmly, though you appreciate it, because in this industry that we live in, people will greet you with no greetings, uh, whether they know who you're with or who you're not. But just you get an opportunity to say it doesn't matter who you are. It just matters that you are. 
and the way in which he's willing and comfortable interacting with you, it's no act. And in an industry full of actors and musicians and these creative people that after a while they begin to buy their own press as if, you know, we don't all have an expiration date, you never get that sense about her. And that's what real confidence is when you're able to embrace everyone around you and be appreciative of your existence within that realms and not try to be above beneath, but you just are. So again, I don't believe that that type of energy is specific to just women being able to appreciate it. I'm sure the men and the women that she encountered all felt that way about her. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Even when she speaks of her husband, it's with such honor. And she's teaching us, even in just her conversations. You know, I remember one time going to um, the Essence Building, and um, it was Susan Taylor and our sister that's the judge, Gwendolyn. Oh, what's, what's, what's her last name? Oh, she would kill me. She's such a sweetie. But she, she was on TV for a while. And she was, huh? Yes, Judge Hatchett. And she was such an advocate for young ladies, you mm-hmm. know, to really get their stuff together. And Susan Taylor opened up that conference room to all these young ladies that Judge Hatchett brought up in there mm-hmm. that were troubled. And, and, but, I mean, she was so honest with them in all of her dignity. And now, you know, when it's my turn to speak in all of my dignity, Mm -hmm. but even when we were both done and everything was done, she would say things to me like, you're needed. And when you hear that coming from someone that you look to to say, that's someone that I want to take some pieces from, Mm -hmm. that's such an honor. You know, not, Monique, you shouldn't talk like that. Monique, you can't no, what she said was you're needed. Like don't don't stop you. Right. I, I just do what I do, but so when you get those type of validations, mm-hmm. you hold on to those relationships spiritually. Mm-hmm. If I never see her again, I will love that woman forever. Why we love Susan Taylor, who's next, Daddy? Who you want to pick? Because you got the list in front of you. Who you got? Oh, let's pick his little ass, Mr. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. How can you not? How can you not? Love him. How can you not? I remember the very first time, and this is when you know that person has a special something. When you say, how can you not love them? And the first time you meet them, they challenge you to a fight. <laughs> Kevin Hart challenged me to a fight at the radio station. He came and walked up under me, up under me, okay, and looked up at me and was like, who is this? It's your husband. What? What does that? He challenged me. And as you're looking at him laughing, being challenged by this individual, you say you see how he connects with so many people because his personality is infectious. Yes. Again. He's going to challenge you to a fight, but you want to hug him. And just swing him around. Just like, swing. Come here, boy. Come here. Man. Come here. 
You know, Kevin Hart is one of the ones that you cheer for. Mm -hmm. Like that brother is one of the ones because when I tell you it was not overnight. Right. When I tell you that baby put in the work, I'm talking about city to city, getting there how the best way he could, staying where he could, really putting it in. So when you see him get it, you like baby get it and, just and keep it and and get it and keep it mm -hmm. and and when I first met Kevin Hart, it was on the set of Soul Plane, okay, and I don't give a damn what people say about Soul Plane. That's up in the top rated with me. Yeah, that was a goddamn good movie. It was funny as shit. I don't know why people was tripping. It was so good because there were African Americans oh. doing direct and overt <laughs> comedy. It, it wasn't as cerebral no. as. You know, early Mel Brooks comedies and things of that nature, which very much blazing saddles, okay? And a lot of the things that you saw, but somehow it gets a little different when we have color do it. Well, Airplane. Soul Plane was some funny shit to me. And I'm telling you, Kevin Hart rocked that. Rocked and even then, we knew that baby was special. Oftentimes, unfortunately, it takes us three and four and five films mm -hmm. for us to say, okay, well, now's your chance. But he was so good and so believable and so humble and so sweet. And when I first met him, there was a booster up on the set, on the movie set with purses, okay? And they weren't real. Uh -oh. So Kevin was trying to buy his wife some purses. No. Yes. So I come out, and he's over at the trunk. I said, Kevin, these aren't real. So he started telling the guy, you trying to sell me? You trying? I'm like, listen. <laughs> right. So you thought you was going to get said, a good deal. Get your ass away from this trunk. So now y'all know Snoop is in Soul Plane, right? Right. Okay. So when you perform with Snoop, you do what Snoop do. Okay. When they say in Rome, you do as the Romans. When you perform with Snoop, you do as Snoop do. Okay. So we all know what Snoop does, right? It got to a point where Kevin said, how high are we trying to get? Are we trying to get? I can't go any further. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Now, you got to understand, Snoop, that's what he do, a professional. Professional. Kevin, you're just trying to hang out. That's not what you do. That's not what you mm -hmm. do. So he's always had that magnetic personality. Right. Where you just want to. Hold them and hug them and, and you cheer for them. So that's a baby we love because do it, <clears throat> do it all. Still humble, still a sweet guy, and making it happen and opening up more doors. Right. Even you know we we had Eddie Martin, Chris Rock. Kevin's doing something different. Mm -hmm. Kevin's opening up even more doors. Kevin's making that financial. He's closing that financial gap. He really is because when you say he's in Forbes. As a twenty-eight million dollar man, and that was quoted from Cat Williams. So I don't know uh -oh. if that's all the way true, because that's what my brother Cat said. But just visually, I mean, you have a De Niro, you have Sylvester Stallone, you have the Will Ferrells, you have these individuals that The Rock that are making movies with Kevin, and these are not altruistic gestures that they are making. They're making it because there's a level of profitability that he brings to the table. And you want to see that take place because oftentimes it's a it's a very slim and small group of individuals who get a taste of that. And in addition to 
them being lucky enough to get the taste, what they also get is a lot of people who are disinterested in giving them the credit. So it's an honor to be able to say, get that man his props. Give him his prop because he deserves it. He really does. And, you know, we have a name that I call him. I see. Okay. But that's the name you call him. Okay, well, then we're going to keep it between me and him. That's the but name whenever you I call talk to him, he'd be like, so go, so what you going to say? What you going to say? Right. I'm like, don't make me say it, Kevin. Right. Because you know I do it. Right. So if anybody's listening to this and y'all see Kevin Hart say, what Monique be calling you, Kevin? Because <laughs> <laughs> she ain't say it on the radio. But you also mentioned another person that in that conversation with him with is Snoop. Yes. As a as a cat that you can't help but love, you can't help but cheer for because when he came on the Monique show back in the day, there was a time that a lot of people don't know that it was difficult initially to get individuals to come on to the Monique show because there was a level of concern that how could these people of color present yes. us in a positive light especially if you were Caucasian, especially if you were considered A-list, which in our realm, when we did the show, we said everyone who comes on this show is A-list. So they got treated as such. And to hear that brother come on in a time where people are fearful because they're uncomfortable with the conversation. And that man Snoop got on the stage and said, hey, y'all, really, though? Really, though? <laughs> It's a lot of y'all actors out here that come on, that out there you know about auntie. Y'all need to come on the show and represent. Really, though. Because it's like you'll go on this show, you'll go on that show, but your sister on. And we talking about pride and blackness, even whiteness, because what ended up happening for that time period was that it evolved into a show that people of all colors sexes, agents calling and wanted to be a part because they heard the word about how people got treated. Yes. But he was one of those, I guess, visual and verbal pioneers to call folks out. Yes. And not be afraid. And that's why you can't help but cheer for a cat like him because he's had a long time, long, long time yes. putting it in. You know, Fellow Libran. When you see brothers like that, though, and sisters, and you really pay attention to them, they full of love. Mm -hmm. I don't care about, you know, whatever. When you get down to the core of it, you'll hear people say, they good. that's a good cat. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a good cat. And when it came down to smoking marijuana, the world just had to say, listen, that's what Snoop do, goddammit. He ain't apologizing for it, shit. That's what he do. And you see in him doing that. It calmed everybody down because he said, I'm so okay with me. Right. I'm so, and that's what makes us love him even more because he's unapologetic for who he is. And when he did come on that show, Daddy, that was so sweet what he did because he looked into that camera. Almost like, y'all better stop playing. Better stop playing. And you're right. So many were fearful. So many people were fearful to come on the Monique show because they felt like, they had arrived past it, or their handlers felt like that. It was considered a black show, and even there were some black artists that was. It, they gave off the feeling of, you know, it's a black show, and I'm bigger than that, so I can't come. So for the ones that did come, we thank them. And the next brother we're going to talk about, 
talking about the Monique show was the co-host. And that's Mr. Rodney Perry. Get him. Baby, why do we love Mr. Rodney Perry? Oh, God damn. Rodney Perry is just lovable. <laughs> okay. Just lovable. From the first time meeting him, when we went down to see him at your boy's night. J. Anthony Brown's Comedy Club. We, we saw him before oh, we saw him that. at the, at the um, at, uh, Guy Tories. Guy Tories. Was it Fat Tuesdays? Yep. Fat Tuesdays, yes. And him pulling off 19 belts. That night, showing how he beat his kids, we was like, that man right there is committed and should be committed, okay? But the second time we got a chance to really see him, and you had known him and so forth, but we were working on uh, your radio show, and we were looking for that person who would be on the radio with you. Um, And we had gone through different folks. But when we went to J. Anthony Brown's and got a chance to see all these comedians that came on and, you know, when you get a room full of comedians in a room, everybody got to get their time in. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a joke fest. It's a competition. And when we watched, what I remember saying to you is that guy right there would be perfect because he knows when to get in and he knows when to get out and he's confident enough in what it is that he that he does, that he is not trying to take over. He's not trying to be the funniest guy in the, in the room. He's just one of the guys in the room that when he speaks, he happens to be funny. And from that point on, the radio show to the Monique show to just y'all touching base and him calling up and saying what's up, it's like you appreciate a cat like him because he's one of the real ones. He's a go-getter. And He's a family man. Yes. So you can't help but cheer for him. So, okay. There was a time we used to ride bikes, Mm -hmm. right? So I called Rodney and I said, hey, meet us up on the bike trail. (laughs) Now, everybody got that uncle that will come with a bike that belongs to one of the children with some (laughs) flip-flops on and socks (laughs) and shorts. And shorts. When Rodney pulled his ass up like that, I said, we're... Where are you going? He was like, let's do it. We, we bike riding. Well, the next day, his ass was hurting so bad because <laughs> we ride for real. Like, we wasn't joking. He was like, I, didn't, I, I just thought we was going to just, no, baby, we Plain. did it. So he's that. Right. He is, um, he is the guy from uh, Sanford and Son, one of Fred's friends. What is his name? I am not messing uh, with you. Um, not, no. He, he one of the ones that would come over and play cards with him and everything. If y'all know Sanford and Son like we know Sanford and Son, it's the guy that look just like Rodney Perry. And when he walk in mm-hmm. Manson, he'd be like, look at Rodney Perry. <laughs> so he, he is. He is. Um, he's genuine. He's, he's good genuine. in his heart. And every now and again, he'll call me up. I don't care where he is in the world, where I am. And he'll be like, Monique, no, this is what he'll do. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Right. And he always, he bring me to the stage. Like on the show. Yes. But we call that our soap dish moment. You know, in the movie Soap Dish, Mm -hmm. where her stardom was fading and she needed to feel special. Mm -hmm. So her and Whoopi would go to the mall and Sally Field would be coming down one way and Whoopi would be going up the other. And she'd be like, oh, is that Fontaine? Is that Fontaine? Fontaine. So all of it would be like, oh my God, it's Fontaine. So when she got down to the bottom, 
People will be surrounding her, and then we'll be looking to swink her eye like, go on, get your fix. Go get it. So Rodney will call me out of nowhere, almost like, I know you, bitch. I know you need this fix right now, right. ladies and gentlemen. Put your hands together. <laughs> right. You're going to be 80 years old. He's going to be calling you up, bringing you to the stage. That's it. Oh, and we scream and holler like it's real. And we always have this thing, who can hang up first? So after I say what I got to say, I just hang ignorance. up. I don't even say, I just hang up. And then he'll call back, and I'll be like, mm-mm. And I just, so I love him. And it was just, it's such a beautiful thing to know him. Beautiful. And while you're, because this seems to be a, a little BET fest right now, oftentimes when we hear BET and you connected in the Y, collectively connected with the Monique show, people always think gloom and doom in reference to the experiences that we had. But one of the people there that we had the most interaction with, um, or one of the people we had most interaction with was a, a lady by the name of Loretha Jones. Yes. And though she's no longer with BET, as we no longer are. They sent us upstairs. They sent us upstairs and never come back down. But she's always with us because she was one of the ones that we experienced that we can say, that's what you're supposed to be when you're an executive. Mm. You're supposed to be real. You're supposed to be honest, empathetic direct sense of humor, intelligent, spiritually connected. And she's one of the ones that made it possible for us to make it as enjoyable as it was while we were over there. You know, I remember my first meeting, we were doing, um, uh, you know, when you go do the press Mm -hmm. and all, we were doing that. And she and I sat down in a room and I said to her, I said, Loretha, I'm going to always leave it on the mat, baby. I'm going to give you everything I got. And she says, sis, and I'm going to make sure we give y'all everything. I'm going to make sure I give y'all everything I got. And she kept her word. Mm-hmm. She really did. And like you said, you don't find that too often in this business. And when you see a sister that reached what she reached, because I don't know too many, I, and I'm not saying they don't exist, I don't know too many executives that have emotional conversations that's very real. Mm-hmm. And she had those conversations with us. When shit didn't make sense, we had very real conversations. Mm-hmm. When it did make sense, we had very real conversations. And she was one of those executives that any network would be getting a gem if they got her because she doesn't run from her words. Mm-hmm. And if she can't, if she can't fix shit, shit, listen, my hands are tied. Mm-hmm. So for her, from us, we love you, sis. And I think that you were one of the greatest executives to walk through those doors. No question about it. And again, when, when you are the husband of the star, there's a, um, almost a demonization that goes along with that because typically we're associated with being the ones that want to run and ruin and there's a level of respect that's not oftentimes extended which you completely you know how we believe no one owes you anything it's something that you earn however through our conversations that uh, Loretha and I had there was a mutual level of respect that was given um through 
trust and her actually being able to see what was transpiring as opposed to sometimes when you engage with individuals, it's as if they're not looking at the results of what's transpiring. They see you, but you're almost a hologram to get to whatever. But she not only saw uh, myself, but she saw us. She saw the people that were working with her. And oftentimes, because we're new to the network, once she heard the whole story, to be able to say, what? Let me talk to her ass or his <laughs> ass. Is that what happened? And to be real, not trying to play cover up mm-hmm. because... At the end of the day, you'll succumb to what it is that you support. And she was wise enough to know that, listen, I'm going to call it like I see it. I'm not going to tell you you're right and you're wrong. And I'm not going to say that someone else is right when they're wrong. So, Loretha, if there was a stump here right now, we would rub it and say you were an Apollo legend Mm. in our mind. How beautiful, Daddy. How beautiful. Loretha, we love you, sis. And Marilyn Gill, too. Marilyn Gill is our mother child. Mother child. And some of you would say, what is a mother child? Well, a mother child is she gives us motherly advice. But then she has to call Sid and get fatherly advice. (laughs) 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 And she was the executive producer, one of the executive producers on the Monique show as well. And and was just so open Mm -hmm. because she had learned it one way for so long. Mm Mm-hmm. And when we came in and she was just so open and, and, and you saw her relax her shoulders and breathe. And it was like, we can play. Yes, ma'am. Let's play. And that's what that show really was. So for Loretha Merlin Gill and everybody that was putting it in on a daily basis mm-hmm. at the Monique show, we love y'all. We love y'all. Who is the people that we love? Y'all ready for this one? Get it. Y'all ready for this Check one? A group thing. Because this one right here, okay? Don't cost you nothing. Uh-huh. Oh, take a chance as you Ow. go. Don't cost you nothing. Ow. Oh, get you like to come back for more. Don't cost you nothing. Uh-huh. Oh, Baby, get it. We do okay. We do our way. We go on the road now. Ashford and Simpson. And I know our brother has gone on to his next journey. But I got to tell you, these two people, you understand why their life and journey has been what it's been. Because, again, you go back to the core. They just love people. Mm-hmm. And I went up to their restaurant, uh, the Sugar Bar in New York. And when you go in there, you walk into what feels like your aunt's living room. And it's, it's so intimate and beautiful and then you see these mega superstars mm-hmm. just right there on this small stage, just singing and welcoming everyone up. Do you want to play? Do you want to play? So when it got to be my turn, oh, do I want to play? You already know. Valerie Simpson played the piano while I sang Mary Had a Little Lamb with my back to the audience like I was Miles, Miles Davis. Davis. And when I tell you we played like two little children and Nick was standing <laughs> on the side like, go, baby, go. Like, again, I go back to that moment because 
all of these album covers and all of these amazing mm-hmm. hits and and you used to I used to always say wow his hair looked better than her hair because his hair was always done and and I never knew the day would come that I would walk into this place and be greeted by these two beautiful people as if they were so humble that you're coming to my place and I'm standing there like it was so humbling and then on top of all of that they say to me, hey, Monique, come on upstairs with us. That's another story. No, 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 but I'm, I'm just saying, no, because they invite a, a select group of friends. No doubt. And to be considered, Word that's what I'm to saying. Come up. There you go. To be considered to come into your personal space, can no trophy match it. Right. That's why I love them, to whenever you go, I don't care what time I call. You can call and say, I want to make a reservation for Queen Cookie. They're going to take care of Queen Cookie. You mm-hmm. can, but it's not just because I'm Monique. It's just because that's who they are. Mm-hmm. And on Wednesday nights, they have t- open mic night, right? And what they allow people to do is dream. Because they open that stage up and they say, you can come up on this stage and be whoever you want to be. So for them, what they've also taught me is, they greet every goddamn table in that restaurant. It could be packed, baby, but every single person, they're going up to you. You're talking about Ashford and Simpson. How's your meal? Is your drink okay? You enjoying yourself? I'm going to watch y'all do that with everybody. Right. So the ones we love, and again, the spirit of those people was just warm. And I remember doing a time doing Precious. And I was getting calls from a lot of folks telling me how I should act and what I should do and, you know, how I should behave myself. Enjoy yourself, but not too much. Yeah. You let them know you're happy, but don't let them see you too happy. You let them people know you you thank them. Oh, it was getting ridiculous. Ridiculous. But there was a message from Ashford and Simpson that said, hey, baby girl, we just watched a movie. Do your thing. We behind you. We support you. And we love you. Now, this is amongst the other messages, they were all together. Show them that you're happy, but you're not too happy. Show then here they come. Mm-hmm. Here come, here they come, baby girl. Keep standing like you're standing. So for those two people, mm-hmm. again, as an entertainer, what they say to me is, don't waver and watch what will happen. Don't waver. Because I'm sure it was not popular for a husband and wife team back then, and you're black. Mm-hmm. And you turning out these hits like that? Hits. And that man. Well, it got popular after them turned out them hits. Shit get th- shit get popular when you turn out the hits. Shit get popular when you turn out the hits. When you turn out the hits. But this is a man that was sleeping on a bench. Hey. That walked into the church and she fixed him a plate, and said, "That's my husband." Only to write hit after hit after hit after hit after hit after hit after. Come With on. her husband. With her husband. husband. That's right. Ashford and Simpson and it was what Monique. I, I can't say, Sydney, because we ain't wrote no hits, but I'm with you, though. Daddy, we did, baby. They just don't know about the goddamn hits we wrote. But, but nobody wrote don't give up. us the credit about it. That, well, that's they don't they, give us the credit. Come on. Because we building up. Because we, we solid. Solid. Mm-mm. Come on. Solid as a rock. Get it, Mm-mm. girl. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> we 
sound like old people before you gonna get the strip show going at home for daddy. Come on, solid building up, God. Oh. Building up. I got on tube socks, brown shoes, a cream kango, oh. my undershirt. Oh. I'm pulling my pants I'm off, popping. and we 75. I'm Come on, get you it. You see me popping as a rock, baby. Who? <laughs> 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 Is our next person, baby? At seventy five, I'm still popping. We that you, we gonna keep it popping. So you know that I want keep you it to poppin'. know it, baby. This thing right here. How about your boy? <laughs> the next person. <laughs> Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play it. They call me Mr. Tibbs. Sydney Portier. Sydney Portier. Sydney Poitier Day. Sydney Poitier. Okay, why do we love Sydney Poitier? We love him because of Willie. <laughs> Willie, I need the money. I will get down on my black knees, mama. Willie. My mama gave me that money, Willie. You got to have that money, Willie. Willie. That's what he did. That's what he I did. I loved it. Yes. Where is that from? Raisin in the sun, Get baby. It. What you talking about? Yay. It's a raisin in the, the sun. sun. What you want to know, baby? Okay. Sydney Poitier, right? So. Tell the story. Here's, here's our Sydney Poitier story. So we're going to see Precious, mm-hmm. right? It's, mm-hmm. Is it one of the premieres? It's one of the premieres. One of the premieres in L.A. And as our car is pulling up, I see Sydney Poitier on the red carpet. And I said to Sydney, I said, Daddy. If I don't meet and talk to nobody tonight, I would love to meet Mr. Sidney Poitier. Okay. So now we're in the movie theater and watching the movie. Now the movie is over. And before I can get out the theater, you know, people are coming up and want to hug and take pictures and stuff. And so I'm seeing everybody leave out. And I'm like saying to myself, I'm not going to get to see Mr. Sidney Poitier, but you can't be rude to the people, right? So I, I stayed there almost to the last person. You stayed there to the last person. To the last person. Last, there was no one else there but you, I, and two other individuals leaving. Okay, so we're leaving out, and it's pretty much empty. And y'all, as we're walking out, who walks up but Mr. Sidney Poitier? And his daughter, Sidney. Yes. And he says to my husband, wow, you're a really lucky man. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, no, Mr. Poitier, I'm the lucky one. And he just smiled like, like he just That's smiled. what I like to hear. Yes. That's what he said. <laughs> and then he said, your performance. What did he say? Was incredible. And he said a multitude of things. And I'm standing there with my mouth open. And we have this picture at home. And I'm standing in between my two favorite Sydneys <laughs> as we're having this conversation and he's talking to us and we look like these two kids, kids like, yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. And we love him because that man is Bohemian. And when he first came here, knew absolutely nothing. No one knew nothing, no money, nothing, but had a will that said, I want it. Mm-hmm. And he went and got it. Mm-hmm. And he made up the rules. He didn't play by them. He made them up. Mm-hmm. So look at what he did. 
It's just unfortunate that some of us got too scared to keep carrying the torch. But Sidney Poitier made up the rules. And to still stand in all of that grace and, and honor is just absolutely a treat. And to see an individual play so many different roles. Um, one of my favorite movies was is A Patch of Blue. Mm. Um, but he has so many movies that it's unimaginable. And the only person that you can closely relate to him from a movie standpoint was Denzel was the second coming of Sidney Poitier with the diversity of the roles that you've seen him play. And which is why he gone is the level of respect that he Mm -hmm. gets because he's a, a Sidney Poitier, if you will, the offspring of, you know, that that individual. So to learn that dignity, that grace, and to see an individual like that do what he did and give to the community, and not just dramatic, but funny, you know. The, the, little Seymour. Come on. Come out. Now, little, little Seymour Pettigrew. Come on. Come out. What do you say to him? Your mother... And him and Bill Cosby get down. It's like when you see these what? moments taking place, you like this. He played it so straight. Take me on over that tree and pop pop on me. Come on. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> yes, I remember. So it's like when you see this guy, you just say to yourself, you appreciate being alive at a time where you could witness that um, and be around. When I hear Isaiah, he says, hey, man, listen. Do you know how beautiful it sounds to hear an 80-some-year-old man cuss you out and tell you stop complaining? When it comes from City Portier, that shit sounds beautiful, mm. eloquent, you know, mm. but he's telling you the real. It's like, so you can't help but love him. As time would show, it appears as it's almost time to go. And we've got a long list. Because we had to come back to it. But was was somebody else you were going to shoot? There's there's one person. Oh, it's just so many. It's so many. But there's one person on here that I think that when everybody hears this name, y'all are going to stand up and applaud because we all cheer for this cat. And that's Uncle Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown. You know, Bobby Brown is one of those entertainers that you feel like he's yours. Mm Mm-hmm. That's your brother. That's your cousin. That's right. little Bobby down the street. I know he peed in the car. Oh. But damn it, little Bobby do that sometime. But he comes back with, I did it. But I'm sorry. Right. Well, he makes you appreciate your humanness. Mm. And he makes you say, it's almost like despite what he did, you know he's a good cat. Yes. And that's why people root for him through all the trials, tribulations. When you hear the beginnings, their story, you got a group of people and that that whole team of new edition that started off, started off like many artists, incredibly talented, getting taken advantage of by individuals that knew the game that they did not know. And to see the evolution and everything that transpired. You're just happy to see that he takes that one day at a time and just believe that at some point it's going to click. But folks is rooting for that that brother right there. People we love and why. And, Daddy, you're right. The list was 
The list was so. Can we just name their names? Just name them. Because we're gonna have to come back to it. Tony, Sing- Tony Singletary, and I know some of y'all are saying, "Who was that?" Tony Singletary was the main director for the Parkers, and that was my first experience in being directed in Hollywood. And this brother was absolutely amazing. Chip Fields, Hattie McDaniel's, Louis Gossip, Robin Williams, Shirley Hemphill, Margaret Avery, George Wilborn, George Wallace, Steve Harvey, Bernie Mac, Eddie Griffin, Ricky Anderson. The team of Hicks Media. Media. Yes, baby. People we love and why. We're going to come back to it to do a part two. We got to. And Ricky Anderson, that's our attorney. We love him. Yes. Part of the team of three that make the the boat go in motion, if you will. So, you know, and can't forget Grandma Paula and Aunt Dolores, you know. Yes. And can't forget you. And can't forget you. So with that being said. The mind is like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. Who are we? My name is Monique. (laughs) And I am Sydney, and thank you for tuning in to Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. We love y'all. For free. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.